welcome to the online business case study with Jake Lang. Follow along behind the scenes, documenting the strategies, successes, and challenges of real online businesses. Welcome back to the online business case study season one. I'm Jake. This is presented by theentrepreneurridealong.com. This is part one of season one. So you might've watched the intro episode. This is part one. We're starting to get into how I found the business idea for my business associate PI. And remember, you can follow along with the entire case study at theentrepreneurridealong.com slash OBCS. That stands for online business case study, just an acronym, uh, easier to type in. So you can go there to check out every part of this online business case study where I'm tracking from start to finish the progressional steps, the sequential steps that I went through to start and launch this business associate PI. Uh, and I'm going to talk about how I found the business idea today. This started back in 2015 when I started this business. This was actually my third attempt at an online business. My first two didn't last long. I, I tried a couple ideas. Um, one of them was selling advertising leads, physical address, mailing address leads. That didn't work. I tried to start a clothing line. That didn't work. Both of those probably took a, a couple of months before I realized I was off the mark. I learned a lot, did things wrong. So at that point in the process, my uh, I, I was looking for ideas. I knew I wanted to start an online business. I was familiar with the concept. I had started websites. I got them online and I, I was pretty hooked. I really liked blogging, creating content, starting a website, putting something out there. So at this point, uh, my, my radars were up. I was looking for ideas. I was looking for online business ideas. And the idea that struck me just kind of slapped me in the face and came and just fell into my lap uh, was from my day job. The idea was to sell study material for the CBCU certification. And this came from my day job. At the time, I was working as a product analyst in the insurance industry. And my company that I was working for offered to pay me to study for the CBCU and API certification. CPCU stands for Chartered Property Casualty Underwriter. API stands for Associate and Personal Insurance. So Associate and Personal Insurance is actually where the name Associate PI came from. I just kind of play off that word. Uh, so anyways, they offered me a $5,000 bonus if I earned my CBCU certification and a $2,000 bonus if I earned my API designation. So hey, at the time, this was my first years of my first full-time job. I graduated in 2014 from the University of New Hampshire. I was working in the insurance industry for about six months to a year at this point. Uh, heck yeah, I'll, I'll take $7,000. You're going to pay for my study material. It'll look good on my resume uh, and you'll pay me for it. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. As I started studying for these exams, I had studied for probably the first two or three before I really realized that there's a niche opportunity here. Uh, because I started studying for these exams, I started with the API certification first, because that's the easier one. That it took three exams to get that designation versus the CPCU, which was eight exams. But two of the two of the API exams counted towards the CPCU. So it's kind of like the start of the, the big beastly certification. The CPCU is essentially like the CPA or the CFA of the insurance industry. It's the gold standard. Everybody gets it. It's not a license, like you don't need it. It's just good education. And if you have it, pretty much everybody has it on their resume. Uh, if you want to become a manager, if you want to progress in the industry. So you kind of have to get it, but it's not really like a license. Uh, so anyways, they, they were paying me for to, to study for these exams. I started with the associate and personal insurance first. Some of those were CBCU exams. 
And the study material was just god awful. It was, it was so dry. It's like a 400 page textbook. I mean, imagine reading a textbook about insurance. I don't know if it gets more boring than that, but it was hard to get through. 400 pages of just dry, dense material. And then you take their practice exam questions and they're all really simple. They're just like, just memorizing definitions basically. And you can pass their practice exam questions. Then you take the real exam and it's totally different than everything they practiced for and everything they studied. Uh, the exam questions at the time, there was 85 exam questions, all multiple choice. You would go to a prometric testing center and take your exam. So you didn't get to use any study material, no notes, no nothing. It's since changed and you can take your exams from home now and, and they've changed the format. But when I was first studying for them, that's how it was, was you go to this location you have to basically check in. You have to go through a metal detector and they, they actually pat you down to make sure you don't have, you're not bringing in notes to cheat. And they watch you as a webcam as you, as you take your exam to make sure you're not cheating. So it's pretty intense. And, and, um, you go to this, uh, testing center, take your exams and <laughs> you take the exam questions and they are nothing like the practice exam questions that you practiced with from the study material. They are like, they're scenario based questions. They're real life. It puts you in the shoes of an underwriter, gives you a scenario and says, what would you do in the scenario? Now you learned the definitions from the textbook, but you didn't learn how to apply those definitions. So you take those questions and they're really hard. You need to get a 70% to pass. And I barely passed my first exam because I was not expecting the exam questions to be that hard. I was used to my high school and college exams, which were basically you memorize the definitions and you can go in and you pass the exam. So that's how I studied. And that's how the practice exams are formatted. All of my colleagues, which were also studying for these exams, had the exact same feedback as I did. Basically that the study material just sucked. It was awful. It was reading this dry textbook. You read 400 pages and really only about 100 pages of that you needed to know to take the exam. The rest was all fluff content. Yeah, good for education, good for learning, uh, good supplemental information, good case studies, but you don't need it to pass the exam. There's really only about a hundred pages in there of core content, the most important topics. That's what you needed to, to study and memorize to pass your exam. So it took me weeks and weeks to get through the study material and it took me weeks again to uh, practice with their practice exam questions. And then I got to the exam and the, the question was totally different. I wasn't prepared for my exam at all because I'd, I'd read this dry textbook. I probably slept through half of it, took these exam questions that didn't really prepare me. I took my exam and, and I struggled. I, I, the light bulb didn't go off at that moment. That was my first exam. I took two more exams and I just kept hearing from people that over and over again, like, man, this is hard. This study, there's no good study material there. This, these textbooks are just awful. I wish there was something better because we were all fresh out of college. We were used to online studying. And I, I, I guess just that study material had evolved since we were in college where we could study online. We could take practice exams online. We could use flashcards in online and things like that. There was no longer a need for a textbook and these physical practice exam questions and taking notes by hand or anything like that. That's when the light bulb went off, probably after talking to the 50th person. And I was, I, I started to realize, wait, there is some potential here. Why am I not looking at my day job in these certifications? as a potential for a niche business. I could help people pass these exams. My employer is paying for my study material. They are paying for me to get the certification. They are essentially paying for me to start an online business. 
I, at the time, had not, I wasn't sure if I was going to make my own study material or if I would do tutoring or coaching or if I would just go uh, affiliate marketing or ads and just post about these exams and talk about them. Uh, but what I realized, that that's basically what I realized. I could take these exams and help other people pass because in my company alone, there was new classes of people that were graduating college, coming to the same program as me and then studying for this certification hundreds every single year, actually every single half a year, there was a new batch of new hires that would come in and have to go through the certification process. So I knew right away, just at this one company, there's a market of people that I could sell my study material to and help them pass their exams. Not to mention there's eight exams for the CPCU, three exams for the API. So that's a total of 11 possible courses or textbooks or, or, or things that I would be passing out have knowledge on. Uh, courses that I could create to sell to other people studying for these exams. So there was potential here to have a, a wide range of topics that I could talk about and write about and lots of potential for profit based on just the idea that a lot of people were studying for these exams at each company and there was a lot of exams to create content for. So that's where the idea came from. It just my day job, just sitting right in front of me. I didn't even notice it for months as I was studying for these exams. I was looking everywhere else. I was looking at I create a software program, uh, start, start a, a personal finance blog, start a clothing line, start a, a marketing agency, a social media company. I, I was all over the place looking at like the, the traditional online businesses that you see people doing on, on Instagram. You'll see social media influencers and, and social media ads people. And you see everybody has a t-shirt and clothing line. And I, I was looking there and, and I was even looking at physical products. I remember one of my ideas was to build a dishwasher that could run off of your the pressure from your sink faucet because my, my fiance and I, my, my wife now, I, I guess she was my girlfriend at the time. We lived in East Boston where, where, uh, cause I worked in Boston for this insurance company. We lived in East Boston and in Boston, a lot of the apartments don't have dishwashers. So we were washing everything by hand and I was getting so frustrated. I saw that pain point. I was like, Oh, you know, I, I bet I could make something that just like hooks up to the faucet of my sink turn it on that there's the pressure it, it spins something that can like wash the dishes if I, if I put a cover on top of the sink uh, basically make a dishwasher in my sink and i was looking at things like that and i actually started working on that i, I made a couple little inventions like that and then it just got so complex because i was like oh i gotta source material and, and invent this and patent this and do all this and the simple idea was right in front of me an online business idea to create exam prep study material for the CPCU certification. And that is the business that became Associate PI right in front of me in my day job. So that's where the idea came from. How you can come up with a similar idea is going through a brain dump exercise. The day job is one of my absolute favorite places to find a business idea. You're an expert at whatever you do in your day job. You, you are literally paid to be a professional. You are, uh, you are paid to do what you do in your day job, which is the definition of an expert. You, you are paid to be a professional in this industry, 40 hours a week, 50 hours a week, now 52 weeks a year. You have a special expertise in your day job. There is something there that you can turn into your online business. I didn't see it for a long time. I didn't see how it can be a, an extremely profitable business. It's still my most profitable business. It's been going on since 2015. And it's still growing and still brings me in five to $6,000 in passive income every month. And it picked up right away. I, I'll get to that in a future episode. But once I launched, I was selling courses right away because people need this. And I, I, I hammered home on a pain point and, and, and struck a nerve. So people were buying my courses. 
in my book, Step One, or you can check that out at steponebook.com. It's a book that I published about how to find and validate your first online business idea. Of course, I use Associate PI as one of my examples throughout the book. One of the steps that I take you through in the book is the brain dump process. It's just a series of questions that I ask you, and I ask you to answer each question with five answers. One of these segments, I, I have 10 different categories. One of them is your day job because I have found so many other entrepreneurs in addition to myself that have started their first online business by finding a segment of their day job that they have expertise in that they could flip, turn it around, turn it into an online business and make it profitable and use that business to eventually quit their day job because I scaled it up on the side because they have knowledge there is easy to create a business and start selling it, monetize it and then quit their day job. I want you to answer these questions. I, if you have a piece of paper in front of you, that's ideal. Write down an answer to each of these five questions that I give you. If not, think about it in your head and let it spark potential business ideas for you. Thinking about your day job and your expertise, thinking about my example here and how I found a day job, just sitting right in, how I found my online business idea sitting right in front of me at my day job. So answer these questions. Try to provide five answers to each question. Number one, what do you do in your day job? List five things, five things that you do in your day job. What careers have you pursued? All careers from the time you were in high school, middle school, and starting your, your first jobs up to current day. What career switches have you changed? What would you study in school? What jobs and positions have you held? So, for example, within the insurance industry, I worked in the homeowners department. I did a little bit in the underwriting department. I did a little, little bit in the auto department, primarily as a product analyst. I did a little financial, ana financial analysis role. Uh, so those are the different positions and jobs that I have held. So what other positions have you held uh, within your industry and within each career? What qualifications and certifications do you have? For me, that's how I sparked the idea for the CPCU. Uh, but what other certifications do you have? Do you have any, any programs that you took in college, any certifications, any designations, any night programs or college programs that you took? I'm thinking, actually, my, my first year in college, I had started for mechanical engineering. That was my major at the time. I switched to business my sophomore year because I just couldn't hang as an engineer. That wasn't for me. I like the business side. Uh, you engineers are crazy. But at, at the time, I had to get certified in SolidWorks, which is a program that you mechanical engineers will be familiar with. There's a niche there. That is just a certification that I have. I could teach other people how to become certified in SolidWorks. I forget that. That was almost 10 years ago now, and I have no clue how to use SolidWorks, and I was terrible at it then. But I could have got really good at it and helped other people get certified. I could have helped other people, and that could be my niche business is SolidWorks. So what qualifications, certifications, exam ha exams have you passed in your day job? Or talk to your boss, talk to your colleagues. Maybe there is a certification or some series of exams out there that you didn't know about that are in your industry that would one, look great to your employer. It'd be a big boost to your resume. Even if you don't start a business with it, your employer will probably pay for it. And it could be your online business. You could take what you learn studying for those exams and you can help other people pass those exams and earn that certification. There's your online business idea. Another question, what software programs do you use in your job? And also, what programs are you an expert at? So those are kind of similar questions, kind of the same vein there. But I'm thinking when I was an analyst, I was using the program Tableau, a reporting platform. Excel, I was using all the time. Citrix, we were using. Salesforce, we were using. What software programs are you using? Like, like even if you work in, say, retail, what 
software program are your cash registers using? You can teach me that could be your niche right there is whatever cash register, uh, you guys are using because they all use different softwares and different uh, POS so- POS softwares or your inventory software. Like, what do you touch every single day where you come in and you log in? Is it, is it SolidWorks? Is it SaaS? Is it SQL? Is it Tableau like me? Like, what are you touching every single day? Those software programs are, there's a wealth of possible niche online business opportunities within the software programs that you are using in your day job. Just think about the trainings that your employer sends you to. I bet if you talk to your employer right now, they would pay five to $10,000 to send you to an Excel training course. If you propose it to them and say, Hey, I found this, you know, two day workshop, master Excel, it's $5,000. They'd be like, yep, that's great. Extracurricular activity. We'll pay for you to go to that, that program and, and learn all about Excel. You could be the teacher of that course and charge five to $10,000 per session where people could come to you and learn that software program. So those are the questions. Answer answer five answers to each of those questions that I just posed to you. And you will have see how many questions I asked. Six six questions I asked. That is 30 potential business ideas from your day job that could be your online business. Now for me, I, I posted it here. If you're watching on the YouTube series, I posted my brain dump answers here for you to review. And just a, a quick look, I can see that I was a senior product analyst. I was in the insurance industry. I created reports in Excel and Tableau. I was a cashier in high school, shoe salesman in, in college and high school. I was a marketing analyst as an intern. I was an equity research analyst. I was researching stocks and running up stock reports, business development analyst. As an intern at one point, I was in the insurance industry again. Those are my careers and jobs and, and what I do in my day job. I have my bachelor's in finance and management. I have the CPCU API certification. I'm studying for my PMI ACP certification. I use programs like Excel, PowerPoint, SQL Server, Tableau, WordPress, ConvertKit. I'm thinking of other online business tools that I'm using. And I'm just listing, that's my brain dump answers. And you can see how just from that list, I have possible business ideas that could turn into my first online business. Basically, Every career I have ever pursued could be its own business. I could start a corporate training business selling workshops, corporations teaching how to write effective stock reports, how to analyze a 10K, how to be an effective product analyst. I know those are viable opportunities because I have been on the, I guess you could say the receiving end of those, or I received the training. My employer, I know they paid five to $10,000 per seat to send me to a training on how to be a better product analyst in the insurance industry. And the guy that hosted that class had a class of 30 people. He made bank from that class because he, he was charging a couple thousand dollars per head. And he just did two days of training, rinse and repeat, do that same training at 10 different companies. And he had a very profitable online business. Looking at study material, study material to any certification or qualification that I've ever had. Again, CBCU API. And that's what I turned into my business. So look at what exams you've studied for. That could be your first business. Software programs, I see SQL Server, Tableau. I could create training guides, courses. I could provide corporate training. I could just create a blog talking about Tableau and all the different things that you can do. I actually see that one as perfect for an online course to teach specific things because I'll get to this later in the training, but you can use a tool like Longtail Pro and you can figure out what exactly people are searching for on Google and you can find specific things that people are looking for, like how to create a table sorted from a to Z with, you know, I don't know, a division factor in there or something like that. Something specific that people need and maybe a hundred people per month are searching for it. 
great. I know people are searching for that. I know it's a pain point and it's a need. They're searching Google for it. So I'm going to put that in my course and that's going to be one of the modules I put in my course. So software programs, boundless opportunities sitting right in front of you, right where you are paid to spend 40 hours per week. You can turn your day job into your first business. There's something there, a certification, a program, subset of your job at which you are an expert. You study, train, and work at it every day. So there is something in your day job that you can turn into your first business, just like I did with Associate PI. And I'm not the only one that's done this. In fact, in my book, Step 1, I give a couple examples. I talk about DJ Eshelman of DJEshelman.com. He's a Citrix consultant, so he was an expert at Citrix. He was a consultant who would go out and, and basically teach people Citrix. Well, he wrote a book, created a coaching program, has courses and a, a blog and a podcast and all this stuff. He created a whole business about being a Citrix expert. expert. Now, he actually gets paid to speak and people buy his books. He's a consultant. He's a teacher. He now built a profitable online business about Citrix. Chuck Martin, another friend of mine, he spent 20 years in law enforcement as a drug enforcement officer, and he started a business, ColoradoMobileDrugTesting.com. He looked at his day job and figured out there was a need for a mobile drug testing company to go out to a corporation and drug test their employees because nobody was doing that. And Chuck kept catching people that were on their way to their, their drug test and failing their drug test, or they would be skipping their drug test because it was too far away. So they didn't want to drive out there. So Chuck created a company that would bring the drug testing to you. He took his day job, turned it into an online business. Pat Flynn, one of my favorite entrepreneurs of smartpassiveincome.com. He was, uh, he did a similar thing to me. In fact, I, I followed his footsteps. I kind of did it accidentally. I learned that he did this afterwards, but he created the uh, uh, greenexamacademy.com. He, he sold study material, a study guide for architectural exams. Uh, my friend Tom Hefner, he does, uh, he hosts innovation training workshops. He is educated in innovation and he used to work as like an innovation consultant or I don't know, know exactly what his position was, but he used to be the innovation guy at his company. Well, he took everything that he knows about brainstorming innovation at a tech company and at engineering firms, and he turned it into a corporate training program. And now they will pay him, companies will pay him like $20,000 to go out there for two days and teach their teams how to be more innovative. So he hosts co corporate training workshops about innovation. Michael Tanner does a similar thing, but his is with leadership. He's of credibleleaders.com. He hosts these corporate trainings and he has a podcast, you know, he has a website and does one-on-one -on -one executive coaching all about leadership. He was in the, if I remember correctly, he was in the Marines. I believe he was a military affiliated for like 20 or 30 years where he was a leader, high level leader, high up in the military. And he took all that leadership experience and now he teaches it to others and he has a leadership training program. Uh, Stephen Faust, another great example. You've heard him on the Entrepreneur Ride Along podcast. You've probably seen him around the website a bit. He started a website, ncosupport.com, teaching personnel in the Army how to climb the ranks and get promoted faster. So he used a day job. He used to be in the Army, one of the fastest ever to get promoted in the Army. He actually wrote a book about it back in the 90s. And then when we worked together, Stephen decided to kick that back off again. He actually bought a couple other businesses in the army niche. And now he's the guy that you go to if you want to get promoted fast in the army. Uh, so Steven took his day job in the army and turned it into a profitable online business. So you can see that uh, it, ideas are really everywhere. So many people have done this. It's, it's insane how many people I have talked to that have started their first online business by finding the idea in their day job, just like I did with Associate PI. Now, 
This is a big portion of my book, step one. If you want more business ideas like this and the brain dump exercise, and if you actually want to see how to go through the brain dump exercise, go to step1book.com and pick up a copy. I'm not going to cover that in this online business series here in this case study. I just did a little dive into it today to show you here's how I got my idea. Here's how you can get yours. But there is over, I think there's 50 questions in step one, 50 brain dump questions, 10 different categories, sections like hobbies and you know what what did you eat today is one of the questions and and what do you see lying around the room and look around the room and pick five things and that could be your business idea and in step one i help you come up with over 150 business ideas and in the book i help you validate one idea i narrow it down to one idea that is the best business idea from your brain dump list and i help you launch that business so that's in the book step one it's called step one the surprisingly simple process to research, research, validate, and choose the perfect online business idea. So if you're looking for more, if you're going through this case study and you, you, it's just not a right fit for you, or you want to get more in depth, you want to try and validate your idea that you have in your day job niche, go pick up a copy of step one today and uh, get started building your business. So that does it for today's episode for part one of the online business case study. Again, if you want to copy this exact niche, I'm putting together a little mini course masterclass with more direct step-by-step instructions like, oh, here's some examples of a certification you could build a business around, or here's exactly how to go through and find a business idea in the exam prep niche is what I call it. Go to theentrepreneurridealong.com slash exam, E-X-A-M, because I call this the exam prep niche. So go to that short link and you can download the step-by-step instructions to replicate this business. Now, I actually changed the short link yesterday if you or in uh, part one in the introduction of the online business case study. I say go to OBCS1, the number one, and uh, you can still go to that. You can still go to that short link. That one works as well, but I figured that was a little confusing because you can also go to OBCS and that'll take you to all the online business case studies that I've ever done. So instead I, I switched the short link a little bit. So if it's confusing you, if you're following along live, go to theentrepreneurridealong.com slash exam for the exam prep niche step-by-step instructions to replicate this business. And that does it today for today in the next episode, part two of this series, we're going to cover validation and how I validated this business idea to know that, w- that it would work before I launched my business. So thanks for watching. I'll catch you on the next episode.